called in. Welcome to I'm Afraid of Americans. I'm Elijah Wilhelm. It has been another week and another black man killed by police. This time, Rayshard Brooks, 27, was shot dead by an officer at a Wendy's drive-thru as they tried to arrest him for DUI. Here's what happened. Mr. Brooks was approached. They asked him if he had any weapons. He said no. They patted him down. He had no weapons. They did a field sobriety check. He was found to be drunk, so they went to arrest him. Mr. Brooks then tried to escape the police. He attacked one of them, stealing his taser, began to run away, and then tried to tase one of the police officers. This resulted in another police officer shooting him dead. Look, this situation is different than the George Floyd situation. George Floyd was doing nothing. This man was trying to harm the police. But tasers are not deadly weapons, and police knew that he had nothing else on him as they had already patted him down. Use of force was both legal and necessary. Deadly use of force was not. In the wake of this, the officer that fired the shot has been relieved of his duties, and the Atlanta police chief has stepped down. We also saw more protests, more riots, if you will, in Atlanta, burning down the Wendy's that he was shot at and blocking the interstate as authorities responded with tear gas and more violence. It's amazing to think that less than a week later, here we are again, the same shit happening. Look, this man was a threat to the police officers. He was trying to tase them. He was trying to harm them. But he did not deserve to be shot. Police officers are human too. They have fear. When someone is trying to attack them, they get scared. But they have the training to be able to handle this. And they need to be better at it. We are seeing movements across the country. Some departments are banning chokeholds and other uses of force. Many are calling for the defunding of the police, a term that no one is quite sure what it means. And in the city where George Floyd was killed, they have vowed to disband the police department entirely leaving Americans scared and wondering what the hell is going to happen. So let's try to break these terms down a little bit. Look at their actual definition. Now, some people who say defund the police, if you ask them, they mean they want police gone. Now, that is not what defunding the police is meant to do. Defunding the police is saying that they should take some of the funds that go to police officers and send them other places, places like community mental health care services. Maybe police with guns are not the right people to be responding to certain calls. Maybe they should be responded to by other people. People that may be more equipped to handle the situation. Police do go through extensive training. A friend of mine is in the academy right now. But they cannot be experts on everything. Mental health experts probably know how to handle an attempted suicide better than an officer does. It's what they do every day. It's their specialty. Yet some, you can call them the radical left... I call them just stupid, are saying that we should defund the police completely, that we should have no more police departments, and that we should basically patrol ourselves. Very few people are saying this. Most of the time when you see defund the police, they want to move those funds to other places while obviously keeping the police department. But I get it. When all you hear is chants for defund the police, it's scary. We see what can happen when police are not present. In Minneapolis, when the protesters took over the streets, it was chaos. We don't want to live in a world like that. That is truly the purge coming true. Some people are just saying they need less policing. They need better trained police officers. And they need less people killed by police. 
So I would say don't let defund the police scare you. Because no one's going to completely take away the police department. There will still be someone to call when you need help. To police officers, here's my message. Think about what you're doing. Know that the eyes of the world are upon you. Any small mistake will be scrutinized. Any big mistake will probably land you in jail. Slow down. Think about what you're doing. Is your life really at risk? If not, don't pull out your gun. Police are too quick to shoot. Too quick to be scared. You will know how to deal with these situations. You know what to do. And the answer is not shoot people. And here's what I hate to see. Is that bad officers, which there are plenty of those, are making things so difficult for good officers. Officers who are there for the right reason. And now have to deal with protesters spitting at them, throwing shit at them, because they're angry because of the actions of the bad officers. Some people are police for the right reasons. They are people that we want being our police officers. They are people that care about the community, care about keeping us safe, and care about doing the right thing. And it's sad to see these bad officers fuck it up for everyone else. Look, I know it's hard to get people interested in being a police officer. You get not great pay to put your life on the line with terrible hours and shitty work. But we need to be more selective. We need to look at who we're really allowing to carry a gun and a badge. According to the Washington Post, 1,003 people were shot and killed by police in 2019. That's almost three a day. And in some cases, I'm sure it is more than justified. People shooting at police or at innocent people need to be taken care of. But clearly, it is not always justified. Those officers knew that Rayshar did not have another weapon. They're not taking his word for it. They patted him down. They knew that all he had was the taser. The taser is not lethal. And the only time that officers should use lethal force is to save the lives of themselves or of others. But we need to think about things as well. Slow down a little bit. Not take it out on every police officer. Not all of them are bad. It is hard to tell which are good and which are bad. But remember, as you're spitting in the face of the people that keep you safe, many are there for the right reasons. Moving on, let's talk about the coronavirus. Yay. Worldwide, we are now at 7.8 million cases of coronavirus with over 430,000 deaths. Here in the U.S., we have now hit the 2 million mark with case levels. And New York Times says that one in every 156 Americans has been confirmed with coronavirus. Now, as we know, as many as 50% of coronavirus patients do not have any symptoms. So that number could be much higher, but it's at least 2 million. In terms of deaths, we have now had 115,000 here in the U.S., or one in every 2,830 Americans. In fact, the New York Times says that the virus has now infected more than the combined populations of Montana and Vermont and killed more Americans than can fit in an NFL stadium. And although the number of new cases nationwide is staying about the same, if you take out New York and New Jersey, two places that have steady decrease in the amount of new cases, we're actually seeing an increase here in the United States. 
California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, Arizona, Alabama, South Carolina, Missouri, Utah, Kentucky, Arkansas, Nevada, Oklahoma, Puerto Rico, Oregon, Idaho, Vermont, Wyoming, Alaska, Hawaii, and Montana are all seeing cases rise. In part, these are rising because of more testing. The more testing, obviously the more positive cases you're going to have. But hospitalization is rising as well, and that has nothing to do with testing. That may have to do with the restrictions that we are seeing being lifted around the United States. But look, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that opening things up was going to cause cases to rise. And it's not all bad news. In fact, we still have 20 states that are seeing lower levels of new cases each day. We're also seeing nationwide deaths decrease from over 2,000 a day in mid-April to somewhere around 700 a day. Still a lot of people, but less. But it seems all of the bad news is causing politicians to talk about reclosing the country, or about at least stopping with the reopening. I hear people ask all the time, how many deaths are we willing to accept? How many people will we allow to get sick? But I want to ask another question. How many lost jobs are we willing to accept? How many people made homeless are we willing to accept? How many lives ruined? How many overdoses? How many suicides are we willing to accept? It is so easy to count the number of bodies in the hospital due to the coronavirus. It is much harder to see the impact of this shutdown of the economy on people. But I promise you it's having a real impact. And we need to think about it. There's got to be somewhere in the middle. President Trump, on the other hand, has announced that he is going to be resuming his in-person indoor rallies with a catch. If you want to attend, you have to sign a waiver saying that you understand the risk, that you're willing to take the risk, and that you will not sue the Trump campaign or anyone else if you contract COVID. And honestly, I think that's the policy that we should take nationwide. If you understand the risk, if you're willing to take the risk, then you should be able to choose to take that risk. Now, I know that it's not only you that the risk affects. But maybe that's a flaw in the way we have things set up. We talk about quarantine at home, how we can spread it to those we love. Why don't we truly quarantine at home? Those who are not able to take the risk, those who are scared, those with underlying health conditions, those who are older, they need to stay completely quarantined from everyone. And if that's not possible, then those who are going out, when they're at home, they need to stay completely quarantined. It might make life uncomfortable. It might make things a little bit more difficult, a little inconvenient. But isn't it better than death from coronavirus or devastation from the economy? It is not a selfish view to worry about the economy. I don't even worry for myself. I'm worried about those who have lost their job, about those who won't be getting their job back, about those that have just graduated high school or college and are now entering an almost impossible job market. Those are the people that we have to worry about. Students coming out of college with thousands, sometimes $100,000 in debt that have no job, that can't find one right now because no one's hiring. I can't imagine that. And we need to take that into consideration when we're looking at our response to the coronavirus. 
This one size fits all is not working. We need to target our approach. Those who are healthy can go out. Those who are not should stay in. I know it's not fair, but it's the best way to handle things. There is no easy answer to this. It's all going to take sacrifice. I know this is hard. I know the idea of quarantining people in their own homes, separating families, is difficult. For those who live alone that are at risk, they should be provided services like Instacart for free. With all the money the government's handing out, they can give some to those people for services, to get their groceries, to take care of their basic necessities. No matter what we do, people are going to suffer. They're going to suffer physically. They're going to suffer emotionally. It's just going to happen. What we have to do is try to find the way that they suffer the least. And that is absolutely not what we have done. So what's the point in all of this? Am I just ranting? Basically. But my point is, my summary is, we're in deep shit right now. Times are tough. Life is hard. It's okay to not be okay. There are resources to help you, and I strongly encourage that you reach out to them. Reach out to people you know. Make sure they're okay. This is a tough time. It's okay to be outraged. Just because you feel that way doesn't mean that you don't care about other issues or that you're racist. This is one of the most complicated situations that our nation has faced in a long time. It's okay to be scared, but know that we will get through this, that it will get better. One day, we'll have a vaccine. One day, our economy will return. One day, people will stop dying from coronavirus. But none of those days are here yet. So we need to do the best that we can to protect everyone in a broad spectrum of physical health, of mental health, and of financial well-being. There is not just one problem. There are many. And that's why there cannot be just one solution. There must be many. It's okay to be worried about the economy. To be worried about what's going to happen. To be petrified of another shutdown. And we've got to realize that if someone believes a different thing than you, or if someone is concerned about a different thing than you, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're selfish. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong. That does it this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have not checked us out yet on Twitter, you can check us out at I'm Afraid Podcast. That's I'm Afraid Podcast. You can find our website in the bio there. Feel free to tweet us or DM us if you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to tell me I suck and I'm stupid. That's fine too. We'll be back next week. Monday mornings before 9 a.m. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe.